You're listening to In It Together, a podcast curated by the Ride Out Lyme Health and Wellness team. I'm Brandy Dean, founder and president of Ride Out Lyme, and our mission is raising funds to help those impacted by Lyme and other tick-borne diseases pay for their treatments. This In It Together podcast is an offering not just for those with Lyme disease, but for anyone struggling in any way and looking for hope and inspiration. Join us for heartfelt conversations about what gets us through as we walk our journeys. No matter where you are or what your situation is, our team here at Ride Out Lime want you to know that we are right there with you behind you all the way. Welcome back to the In It Together podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I'm really excited to share my guest, Jolene Hart, with all of you today. Jolene is a health coach certified by the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and founder of the pioneering beauty coaching practice, Beauty is Wellness. She is the author of the best-selling Eat Pretty book series, which helps readers build a lifestyle that supports their beauty and health using nutrition and self-care, and the newly released Ignite Your Light, a guide to your personal energy's role in beauty, healing, and joy. At the heart of Jolene's work is her desire to empower women with the knowledge of their own ability to shape their lifelong beauty and health with simple tools and habits. Her private coaching looks at many areas of life from stress and hormones to diet, digestion, and safe personal care products to help women build a lifestyle of beauty that enables them to look and feel their best from the inside. Welcome, Jolene. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to start with you. There's four of us sharing this role as the interviewer here on the In It Together podcast. I'm so glad you're my first guest because I just feel such a connection with you and such an authenticity that shines through that I feel bad because I've been asking you to do so many things for Ride Outline, but you've been so generous. I have been overjoyed to do every one of them and honored to do every one of them. I love your work at Ride Out Lime, and I'm so happy to be here to have this important chat. Oh, thanks, Jolene. That means a lot. I feel it deeply. So I wanted to share with our listeners about how you and I met. I feel that is a hopeful talking point for people to think about is when you leave yourself open, you start connecting with like-minded and people who are going through similar things. So you and I last, actually, it's almost been a year now, last October, we're in New York City for uh, Nitika Chopra's Chronicon event, which was a, gather, a beautiful gathering of people who had all sorts of chronic illnesses, sort of everything represented there. Amazing, yeah. yeah. Lunchtime came around. I was sitting at a table, I think with, it was with Sarah Jenks, telling her a little bit about me and she was telling me about herself. And when I said Lyme disease and that I'm a mom and all that, she's like, you have to meet Jolene Hart. Do you know Jolene? And I didn't know you yet. So she pointed you out. Lunch was over, but I'm like, I have to connect with you. And I sat down in my seat as we were coming back from the lunch break and I turned around and you were standing not far behind me. So I was like, okay, I have to go say something. That was quite a moment for me, actually. I know. I'm getting chills just thinking about it because it was so sudden. We were all going to sit back down for the next session and it was only a few seconds that we had to connect. I mean, I guess it was a little longer, but the connection was instant and we were both in tears within, I think, a minute or two. Exactly. And that was so powerful. Who else can you meet as a complete stranger and be at that level of emotion in in just a minute or so? It's so true. Yeah, I have chills right now thinking (laughs) about it too, because it couldn't have been more than a few minutes. But what we filled those minutes with, I think we went right to especially having Lyme and trying to be a good mom and, uh, and having little guys and how challenging and heartbreaking and beautiful and all those kind of the mix of that experience. Everything, um, yeah. Yeah, which a lot of people don't fully understand. So 
that was powerful. And then from there, we just stayed in touch, which has been amazing. And once I became involved in Ride Out Lime, I just wanted to share you with everybody in every way that I could and started Ride Out Lime in it together weekly once the pandemic hit. That was amazing. Yeah. That was fun trying to do like a virtual meetup for people because everyone was so lonely and overwhelmed by the stress of the situation. So thank you for coming. You came on and talked about Ignite Your Light. Right. Yeah, my book launched at the beginning of quarantine. So that's right. (laughs) I was looking for lots of places to be able to chat from my home. But yeah, that was such a great conversation. Well, and it was so needed. I feel like your book came out, that book came out at the perfect time because we needed light. It was a very, and still continues to be kind of a dark and challenging time. So maybe later, I'd love to chat more about the reactions you're getting um, from people because I know that timing is everything. And I feel like when we press timing, it usually plays out in our advantage. And then you came on and did our little mini wellness day and you Mm -hmm. led people in a yoga nidra exercise or relaxation, which was awesome. I love that tool. You know, all about resetting your nervous system, calming your nervous system and how that's where the healing happens. And I've been all about that for a while. And your voice is perfect for it. And you're just (laughs) such a relaxing presence that that was amazing. Everyone, the feedback I got was amazing. Thank you for doing that. And here you are today. Yeah. I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about your journey. You know, as we've talked about before, you were in the health and wellness space before knowing what was really going on for you and yourself. So if you want to take us back a little bit without, I know it can be triggering and hard to share our stories, but high level, what brought you to where you're at today? And I know for so many people who are listening who have experience with Lyme and co-infections, the story can be so long and circuitous. And so I'm going to try to make this brief. But if I look back now, it's been going on 12 years that I have had Mm -hmm. symptoms of Lyme and co-infections. So technically, that's exactly when I was starting my career as a health coach. So I didn't know it. But yeah, those things were very concurrent. The first couple years of my journey, actually the first eight years before I was diagnosed, my symptoms were primarily cardiac and, you know, some nervous system, but I would get episodes of supraventricular tachycardia, SVT, or my heart would race. So, you know, 240 beats per minute is pretty normal. And I started exploring what was going on with that and was told I just needed to relax. I was given beta blockers. I ended up having a couple of ablations to try to fix it and nothing could ever get that to stop for me. But in general, it was controlled. I knew what my triggers were, activity or even like bending over in certain positions. And I would just avoid those things, even though it was not fun to deal with. I knew how to live my life. And through that, I wrote my first couple of books. I had the beginning of the Eat Pretty series published and I was working in coming from the field of beauty. So as a magazine editor in beauty, I really wanted to look at what the nutritional connection was to beauty because I had had cystic acne and eczema and skin issues that even though I had access to, you know, Madonna's facialist and whatever beauty companies were sending products, I had access to all kinds of things that the average woman wouldn't even have access to. And I still couldn't find a way to fix my skin in a way that was not just putting concealer over top of it, you know, and I knew there was a root cause there. So I became a health coach to look into that area and was publishing, you know, Eat Pretty was my first book. And then there were two other books in that series. And that was all happening while these heart issues were there, but they were just, I kept being told this is idiopathic. So we don't know why it happened and it might just resolve one day. So just hang in there. Mm -hmm. And then I had a child and when he was 23 months, a series of events happened. I had stopped breastfeeding and my hormones were all, all over the place. He had a health issue that was kind of unexplained, so it was really stressful. Yeah. I had a few other things happen. I just finished writing another book. There were just a lot of stresses at once. 
And pretty much overnight, I became debilitatingly ill. Could not walk a block down the street. It was so shocking and terrifying. And I would go back to the same doctors and they told me nothing was different. I was still in great health. They couldn't explain anything. And that started my journey of active Lyme and co-infections. And it's been five years since then. So I'm five years in. Wow. Um, the first two years of that were trying to figure out what it was, just getting a name to what was going on. And then the last two and a half years or so have been, you know, active treatment with antimalarials, antibiotics, lots of herbs, lots of dietary interventions, acupuncture, so many different modalities just to get to a place where I am today, which is so much more functional, mm -hmm. not quite in remission, but really like so much healing has happened and so much deep understanding of what was going on all those years when I kept being told it was in my head and I should just relax and that, you know, no one can see any difference in you. I've said this before, but it's almost like a horror film where you wake up in, in this body that you don't know. Everything is dysfunctional, but people look at you and they can't see anything different. Right. And you're trapped in this, in this physical form that you know is not one that you know, but nobody else can see any different. And it's like, wow. So mm. processing all of that is kind of part of just this journey of figuring out what's going on in your body. Absolutely. It really is. And what blows my mind, and I know I've said this to you before, is that you somehow were able to write books. That aside, I'm curious what it was that kept you, since people told you maybe it'll go away at some point or in those in-between years, and then you had your son and things obviously got worse. But what was it that kept you going during that time when maybe it was because for some of us getting a diagnosis, actually we attach to that and then that kind of takes us a different direction. But what I'm curious what it was that kept you seeking and kept you believing in yourself, kept you going in a way that you didn't just shut down. You know when something's wrong. The whole time I always knew something was wrong. Yeah. And and I'm the person that was always researching. I I researched, mm. researched every different avenue except Lyme disease because I thought Lyme was achy joints and fatigue. I didn't know that if you look at my symptoms, I'm a textbook Lyme and Babesia case, you know, yeah. and, and nobody ever said those words to me. None of the top cardiologists that I saw who operated on me never did a test or even suggested, but I always knew something was wrong. Like I can't, this can't be normal. This isn't normal. Mm -hmm. And I just kept seeking that root cause. And I think it was just how strong my own intuition is. Yeah always kind of been something that I really put a lot of trust in that there was going to be something else. Yeah. Sounds like you've always identified as an intuitive person. Did you always tap into that? Or was that something like I know for me personally, it made me feel a little weird as a kid because other people were like, you're out there somewhere. Yeah. Is it something you are always able to let do its thing and tap into? Or has this experience really brought it to the forefront for you? I mean, this has heightened it, but I'm an Aquarius. Right. I love being weird. <laughs> I'm like by nature, the one who's kind of out there, even though I appear a little bit more conventional, like I've always been the free spirit. And so I've definitely tapped into that. That's how I found my husband actually. It was oh, like cool. really deep intuition. Like, this is my person. And then I waited eight years before we actually got to date. <gasps> and like what? the whole time I just, I, I can like link back and think of having this before, but yeah, I mean, this experience really helps you to learn to trust your body and listen to your body and be connected to it in a way that we're not really encouraged to. Mm. I'm glad you brought up your husband because with this being called the In It Together podcast, I'm always curious to ask people how your connection to other people got you through this and maybe even touching on in ways that it separated you from people or it in some way isolated you for certain periods of time. Just curious the role of relationships in pulling you through as well. 
That's definitely a hard one. In a lot of cases, I've had a lot of isolation and loneliness and it has hurt a lot of my relationships Mm -hmm. and then maybe they haven't quite repaired to where they need to be just because a lot of people I think don't understand. Like I said, looking at you and seeing that you look the same, they really can't fathom what you're experiencing day to day. And so, you know, you get a lot of dismissals and, oh, just rest more, just relax. I got drink more water. Yeah. <laughs> Things that I'm like, no, no, you, if you're suggesting that, you, then you don't really understand even scratching the surface of what I'm experiencing day to day. My husband was the one who did witness everything from the beginning. And so he always believed. Mm. But I think it, he also struggled to understand for the first few years without a diagnosis of me being that ill, without a diagnosis. He was just grasping at what is going on. And so that was a real strain too, you know, spending a lot of money to try to go to doctors to get a diagnosis and coming up with nothing. I mean, that is stressful as well. So that put a real strain on us for sure. But I think, you know, over time, he's always been the person that has said, you know, I made this sickness and health vow. I will always be here for you. We're always in this together, no matter what happens. And that got me through because waking up each day knowing have him, I have my son, my family is in good health. I'm just those three huge blessings is enough to get me out of bed and be grateful for each day, even if I wasn't where I'd want to be. I'd much rather it be me than anyone else that I love that was going through this, you know. And relationships beyond that, it was very hard. And I found that on the days when I didn't have the energy to reach out to people and text them and maintain relationships that a lot of them fell by the wayside. And I still struggle a little bit with how painful that is because Mm -hmm. it felt like I really could have used more support and people just don't know. And I think that's a message that I want to send is people have invisible illnesses and you don't know what's going on in their lives. So if you can reach out to the friends that you love, check in on them, even if they're not asking for help, it's really important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I feel like even in our society, I see this story a lot where women will have a baby and then if Lyme was behind the scenes or somehow apart, then somehow in that process of really what I consider, and there's now even books on it, postpartum depletion, where you've really just given a thousand percent of your body, literally your body, your emotions, like you said, my son also had feeding and, and some health issues and mm-hmm. anxiety around that. And I feel like, unfortunately, we've gotten to a place where motherhood is very isolating. And then on top of that, if you end up down the hole after that of an illness, which is very common, it's not just Lyme, but other autoimmune things that get kicked off from depleting yourself and the hormonal shifts and all that, we can go from one form of isolation to another and- A hundred percent. Yeah. And if I look back, some of those relationships, I think we probably started to create space when I had a baby and couldn't hang out all the time or travel and go on trips every weekend. And so you start to create space. And then, like you said, it deepens that divide when you, you're suddenly silent because you don't have the energy to text or you can't even explain because you don't have a diagnosis. Right. I don't have a reason for why I feel like this. And so it's just even hard to talk about. Yeah, exactly. I believe we all need each other, which is kind of where the name for this podcast and the support group before that came yes. from. You could have taken all of this that you've learned and along the way, even before you knew about the line, but with the cystic acne and all that and kept it to yourself or just to your inner circle or just your clients. But what drove you to share your wisdom on such a big level as to write books? You must have had a really deep calling to help others on a larger scale. 
that's what I want to do is I believe that everybody should have the right to feel good in their body and feel good about their body. That is just what I want to be able to help everyone achieve on some level in their lives. And I know there are underlying conditions where maybe it's not, we're all not going to be to the same degree, but I just have always believed that. And that's been my motivation as a health coach. So at first it was in the space of, yeah, just being able to like what you see in the mirror and have clear skin, how amazing that feels on a level if you haven't had it before, how that can be life-changing. But then, you know, going through chronic illness, it's even it's even deeper and more profound than that. And writing about these things has also been really therapeutic for me. Mm. Um, that's kind of the way I process them. It's more difficult for me to speak about these things, even though I want to, and I'm so I'm so happy to, and it does help me. But writing is the way I think I process and share them first. And writing and sharing my story worked with my first book, and that. Even in the days when I was I was so sick, I would get up and find in my Instagram DMs or my email messages from women around the world who would say, you changed my relationship with food. My, I, I feel so good now. And getting those messages was just this constant reminder to me, okay, keep going. There's a reason that you're here. If you make one more person feel better, you need to get up tomorrow and keep trying and, and continue doing this. And that was always a driving factor. And I'm, I'm so grateful for just these people who had read my books and thought to send a quick message because they don't even know how much that drove me to continue and to do it again on a level that was deeper and more scary to me. So Ignite Your Light, the book that I released this year is all about your personal energy, but it was inspired by this Lyme journey. And so that is something that's still so raw for me because I'm still in it. And it really pushed me to share even more and to open up even more and hopefully in a way that can help even bigger group or even on a deeper level. I'm just struck by, as we're talking, that you've actually experienced, which not all of us have, something that's more obvious in the cystic acne and then something that's invisible. What was it like to experience something so obvious and shameful and embarrassing versus something that people don't really understand or know? I mean, is, yeah, there, is there something that comes up? It's funny because in both cases, I think it, people don't really acknowledge it. Mm. When you have something that's all over your face yeah. or that's itchy on your skin and your body, you know people are looking at it, but right. you don't talk about it. It's the elephant in the room. Mm. Um, but on the other side of things, when you have an invisible illness, people treat you like there's like that you're perfectly functional and, and you still, there's not enough you can say to explain mm-hmm. um, what you're feeling. So it's, yeah, two very different situations, but yeah, yeah I, I never thought of it like that, actually, the, both sides of it. That's interesting. With Ignite Your Light, it has such a positive and powerful message and a message of empowerment, giving people back that control over as much as we can over our bodies and our lives and our flow with the things outside of our bodies, which I love how you tap into nature, which can be for some of us a little, you know, nature is a tricky relationship for some of us. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about the reaction to that book? I'm sure there are Lyme-specific people who have talked to you about the book, but anyone in general, the light that that's brought to them, what you've been seeing from people and hearing from people. Yeah, I've heard a lot more very deeply personal stories through Mm -hmm. email. I mean, I wasn't sure exactly who this book was going to reach, and I thought that the chronic illness community, but there have been people who will get it and then buy it for a friend that they work with, or or they they can just see the person that needs it. And I love that it's finding its way to people that way. Just knowing who right now could use to be lifted up, who could use a light, who could use help getting through this moment because it's so difficult that they can't see their way through. And, you know, it came out April 7th, so right in the beginning of quarantine. 
and one of the messages of the book, beyond, beyond energy being your superpower, is that resilience is built one small choice at a time. And here we were just trying to get through one day at a time to get from, remember how long March felt? Oh I mean, God. it was like, yeah. it felt like it was 10 years. So we talk about one energetic choice at a time, building your resilience. It, it literally felt like each day we were just having to choose in that moment, maybe turn off the news, maybe go outside and put our feet in the grass, make yourself a cup of tea, take a couple of cleansing breaths. Those things got us through those days. And I think it was a great example of how you can put this book into practice and use that to be resilient over a, a year, over five years, over a chronic illness that lasts a lifetime. What is it that gets you through that moment? And can't think of a more real example this year than what we've all been through. Yeah. And I, I know I commented last time you were with us on the webinar, but it's a visually beautiful book. It's like what you said, the small bite-sized steps, the way this, the book is set up and the visual beauty of it helps with that. I mean, I feel like those of us with chronic illness, we get so many books or we buy so many books or have them given to us. You look and it's just this gigantic stack of words and you're like, yeah, I don't know where to begin. I don't have time for all this, but your book what I want people to understand about it is it's so user-friendly is that you can just flip open and like you said, do the smallest thing and make a difference. And I think that's the message that, this is what I love so much about this book is even on social media, you make wellness doable. And I feel like it feels so overwhelming to so many of us. You should be doing all this right. And for you, it's just tune into what makes you feel good and what your body's telling you it wants versus what everybody else is telling you you should be doing. You right. know. Yeah, there's so much wisdom there that we are so detached from. And I think, I mean, you and I can both speak to that through this experience, just really reconnecting to that power that you have. And, and I've always believed in that, but there, I think there were portions of this journey where I felt so powerless. You start to research Lyme and co-infections and there's so much hopelessness. Like yeah. there's nothing you can do. There's no cure. You're not going to get out of this. And then you realize, no, if I accept that right now, this is my story. I'm the one who writes my story. I'm the one who's going to tell you how I'm going to feel right now. Uh, not you, not this article or this diagnosis. Only I can choose to feel joy in this moment. That's what I choose. And that's so powerful. It's like taking back you know, your power and your control, even though a lot of this you can't control, it's important to still feel empowered. I couldn't agree with that more. I think the number one thing we can do for ourselves is tapping back into ourselves. And I feel like it's easy. You want to leave your body when it's malfunctioning or it's hurting. But yeah, having that courage to really tap back into it and use it as your guide. I was wondering, as people talk to you about the book, I know for everybody, it's a little bit different, but there's one aspect of the book that really stands out, especially for the Lyme community, maybe as something that really was maybe surprising to them or moved the needle more than they thought was possible. I think mindset comes up a lot. Mm. Um, you can work mindset in your favor or it can work against you. And I get really excited. And I know, I think you've been delving into this recently with your studies about how powerful the physical healing effects can be and the physical changes in your body just from a difference in your mindset and strengthening those pathways, those neuropathways toward gratitude, toward positivity and joy. I'm never going to say you need to wake up every day and be cheerful and positive and optimistic, but the more that you can strengthen those pathways, the more they become a default. And they, that really does help you, especially when you're in a situation where things seem difficult, bleak, out of your control. You need to reframe things and switch the narrative because you're in control of your story again. Yeah. And you can do that and make some real physical changes. And I, I think that's the part that I keep hearing people take back as their power to realize that I actually can do that. And just by making those simple changes, maybe in the morning when I wake up or, you know, not turning the news on right away, 
wow, I really noticed a difference in my mood the whole day and that, that affects my body. So it trickles down. That's interesting. That's twice now you've mentioned the news. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> the news was a real trigger for me back in March and April. And I had a flare, you know, in those months. And that was the, the, the thing that I could pinpoint was just stop reading about these things and just focus on where you are in your body, be in your body yeah, and you'll be, be okay. Yeah, I have to be honest. Same thing, Jolene. To this day, I still have questions whether I had coronavirus or something because I had such a terrible flare and it included a cough and it included all these things. But I have to admit that I was binging on the news thinking that somehow I could control, oh, when do I need to pull my son from school because they're not doing it? And when, you know, that I still look back on that time of being really sick March through, it was sort of May. It was a good couple of months that I was pretty sick. And I still look back on that and think, did I have the virus or did did my overstressing and literal, it re-triggered a lot of health anxiety for me. So I still don't know, but I think the power in what you're saying is really important one that I want to get through. Our over-researching, like you were saying, I'm a researcher too. In the beginning, it helped us, right? It saved us. But at some point, the importance of maybe putting some blinders on to negative message boards or all these things that you can be involved in that are constantly telling you what you should be doing and turning towards things like Ignite Your Light and those positive things. We don't ever want to say that it's all about waking up and pretending things aren't the way they are, but it's that choice. And like you're saying, diet isn't just the food you eat. It's everything we put into our lives. And now to bring us full circle, what is your sense of community and the connection and how has that strengthened your healing process as far as I'm sure this book has connected you, but as you mentioned, some relationships fall by the wayside, but what has kind the of- new ones are built. Yes. Yeah. So on yeah. the other side of that, yeah. And I feel like the more open I've been to sharing a little bit of my Lyme story, I've connected with so many in the Lyme community who it's so cathartic to find people who have similar stories. And just like you and I, within the first few minutes of meeting, you deeply get each other on a level that I think you may not ever achieve with someone else. So finding those people, even a handful of those people has been so powerful and so healing and such a boost of you can do it energy and to also acknowledge that maybe in the beginning, I think I was striving for perfection to be like a hundred percent. And now I realize that this is light, it's mm. real, and that days are going to be up and down. Even when you're healthy, the days are going to be up and down. Your moods are up and down. Maybe you're, you have a headache in the morning. You know, instead of striving for me being a hundred percent and this caricature of myself that I want to achieve, it's realizing, okay, I have to stop and look at the things I really value and that I can do those. I can be the mom I want to be. I can do the work I want to do. I'm it's still evolving and being able to have other people who are experiencing the same thing around me to cheer me on is a beautiful part of that experience. I couldn't agree more. And the importance of setting your sights on someone who has been able to achieve wellness and navigate the healing journey, I feel is so important, especially for the people who are just starting out. And yes. so thank you for being that light that I could share with people today and for being more proof that we're better when we're in it together. And I just want to share with people how they can find you. Sure. Yeah. My website is joleneheart.com. So it's J-O-L-E-N-E-H-A-R-T. And you can find my books there. You can find, you know, writing and uh, my Instagram handle is the same. So you can find me there too. Um, Thank you so much. You're such an inspiration to me, Sharon. And when I read your posts, they're just always new ideas, new things to try. I find endless inspiration in what you do too. So thank you so much for being that person for me. 
Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. I feel the same. The love is mutual and the admiration. So thank you, Jolene. And I look forward to the next time. Many thanks once again to our guest and to you, our listeners, for joining us. It means so much to us to share this time with you, and we hope it gave you a boost of strength and encouragement to keep going, no matter where you are, knowing that you certainly are not alone. To learn more about Ride Out Lime and the In It Together podcast, please visit www.rideoutlime.org. We love hearing from you. Please also follow us and leave a review so we can keep providing episodes that best support you. Until next time, hold on to the very real hope that there is a way and we will keep finding it together.